Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. River, can I just say there are some exciting things happening at this church, and I'm excited to see what God is going to continue to do. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to take a moment right now and I want to welcome those who are watching from Star Valley, Wyoming, and those who are watching in Alaska, and those who are watching in Malawi, and uh, all of those who are watching online. We are so grateful that you have joined us this evening, uh, and we are just excited to see what God is doing. We're going to start a new series tonight that we've called Perspective. And um, oh, and I am, oh man, did they put that up on the screen? Yeah, they did. <sighs> Jordan even said to me beforehand, don't forget brake line. Um, brake line, so grade four, five, and six, you are dismissed at this time. Make your way to the back of the auditorium. <laughs> through the lobby up the stairs where she's got something great waiting for you. Man, I'm out of practice of that. See, Jason, I made you feel better, didn't I? You're welcome. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Last weekend, we did baptisms, and in the middle of that, I talked a little bit about, about how when Jesus got baptized, he, uh, the, the Bible says that the heavens opened, and we talked about how we have this ability to have a, biblic, or a, a heavenly perspective, and so I had actually planned on going into a different series, and all week I wrestled with it, and I really felt like God was saying, you need to teach on that because it's something that's so important, and so many of us as believers don't really fully grasp it. We are not to be earthly-minded. We are to be heavenly-minded. And so for us, I want us to just spend the next few weeks as we look at this, having hopefully a new understanding because God has called us to see things through his eyes and not through this world's eyes. Um, it, it's interesting because football season just ended. If you missed our Super Bowl party here in the room, it was so good. Uh, we had so much fun together, and this TV looked or this screen looked amazing. Um, but I'm a football fan, and I know some of you maybe that that irritates you, and and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> But there's a lot of days that Sunday would come during football season and my team, the Green Bay Packers, would play, thank you, front row, um, <laughs> would play at 11 a.m. So I couldn't watch the game live, right? Like I, that would be kind of rude if all of a sudden you looked and I've got the game on back there on that TV while I'm preaching. So I would record it. And then my, my uh, sons and I will, will go home to watch the game. But Hunter who I love, uh, will not not know the score of the game live. He just won't. Like, I'll say to him, hey, man, we're going to watch it afterwards, so just turn off all of your notifications. We'll get home as though it's fresh. Like, we have no idea what's going on. We'll sit down. We'll just begin to watch the game. And he will, he'll kind of smirk at me. And then I'll get home, and I'll go, you know, don't you? And he'll go, maybe. And I'm, darn it. Come on, man. Work with me here. But for the most part, a lot of times I'd be able to go and I would just be able to kind of fast forward through the commercials and watch the game and have no clue what's gone on. But on the rare occasion, I would leave church and as I'm leaving, someone will, will say to me, oh man, your Packers are doing it right now. I'm like, oh, 
okay, that's better than they're not doing it right now. But there are times when I would find out ahead of time, not wanting to, but I'd find out ahead of time that, hey, they won the game, right? And I would still go home, but you watch the game a little different then, right? Like, I don't know how you are when you watch sports, but I can get a little bit intense when I watch sports. I can, I can sometimes stand up and get a little bit like into what's going on. And when I already know that we won, then there's a little less of that. Because even if it looks like, and if you're a Packers fan at all in the house, you understand that we don't like to win a game until the last 33 seconds of the game. And so usually it's fairly intense, but when you know ahead of time, you can look at the thing a lot differently, right? So as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking about this idea of perspective. My perspective of the game is completely different if I already know that we won, right? But for many of us as believers, we live our lives as if we don't know what the outcome's gonna be. And we've gotta stop doing that because it changes the way that we, we, would, we would walk through life. Because see, I can watch a game and know that we won it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we fumbled on the, on the five-yard line, and they just ran it in for a touchdown, and now they're ahead. But I already know that we won, so I'm upset that they did it, but I'm still okay, right? Some of you, your life is, is you, you're having a, a season right now where it's a struggle, and, you're, and you're, you're fighting through something, and you're having a hard time, and you're sitting there, and you're beginning to even maybe start to question God and what you need to understand, and I don't want to give you a spoil alert, but at the end of this, we win. At the end of it, we win, Right? So, so you can get upset and you can say, oh, why me? And this is hard. But if you'll stick it out, we win. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14 says this, for the world is not our home. We are looking forward to our everlasting home in heaven. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. And I know, God, that there are people who are, who are engaged with us right now who are at all different walks in their faith journey. So, God, I just pray, Father, that you would speak directly to us right where we are. That, Lord, whatever we need to hear is what we'll hear. Wherever we need to work on something inside of our faith walk, that, God, you will show that to us and we will be able to do that. God, I thank you for those who are watching at the outposts, and I just pray a blessing over them right now. And I thank you for the leaders of each of those that, God, they have stepped into a space where they have said yes, and they are, they are leading people to follow you. And God, I pray for the men and women who are watching in Deer Lodge and in the county jail. And God, I just pray that they would hear that, Lord, you are in control and that you love them and you see them right where they are. And God, we give you all the praise today in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So... I don't know about you, but I actually enjoy going on trips where I get to take an airplane somewhere. Now, I enjoy it a little bit less now than I used to because now there's these like mask police and all this other stuff that happens when you fly. But I, I always enjoyed the, the ability to get into a plane and, and the excitement of the takeoff. Now, I, I'm married to a, a woman who does not like to fly. So, and she especially hates the takeoff and the landing, right? 
Those are the things she hates the most. And so, but for me, the, the exhilaration of the, of the planes picking up speed and, and feeling it come off of the runway and all of those things are exciting to me. I always have liked that. Well, a few weeks back, I had the opportunity, another, uh, a couple of pastors from Anchor Church actually invited me to come and participate in a, in a conference they were going to in California. And so I got on a plane on a Monday morning early and as I got on the plane, it was overcast and it was, it was, I was like, oh, it's going to be a rough one taking off today. And it was amazing to me because as you're, as you're leaving, you can, you can sense that as you go through the clouds, it's, it was really rough and it was doing this. And all I could think to myself is, thank goodness my wife is not with me right now. <laughs> because it was very bumpy. And I, I, to me, I, that doesn't really bother me that much. I just, I just kind of roll with it. But then there's something amazing about when you get above the clouds. And all of a sudden, everything just kind of smooths out. And not only that, but you can now see, right? There's something important about being able to kind of see where you're going. And so, so I, as I was doing that, I was thinking to myself, this is amazing how, how, uh, how, what a difference it is between when there's no visibility to when there's total visibility. And there's something that's incredible about getting above the clouds too, because the other thing that happens when you get above the clouds is the little, the voice will come on over the thing and it'll say, okay, you can now pull out your electronics things and you can put down your tray tables and you can lean back. How many of you, you know, you can lean back. Whoa, yeah. Mm, that's good. Whew. It's like being in my bed right now. It's so nice. I'm never the guy to lean back, by the way. I don't know if you are. Because the guy in front of me, when he leans back, it feels like you went back six feet. <laughs> right? I mean, it goes like, Deep. but to, in there, you're like, dude, really? Like, you can't just stay sitting straight up. So I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy to the person behind me. But a lot of good happens above the clouds, Right? It's, it's amazing how our perspective can change when we get above the clouds. The majority of turbulence happens in the clouds or below the clouds. If there's turbulence when you're up in the sky, you, you don't think much about it. You just are like, oh, they just hit a little pocket of air. But I can see the wing looks good. Everything looks good out there. We're doing great, right? You get into the clouds and you start doing that. And, and my sister used to always say, oh, oh, crash position. <laughs> When she was little, and she'd like put her head between her legs, I'm like, dude, we ain't crashing, you're fine. <laughs> Perspective is understanding something because you see it from a larger frame of reference. Something about being up in the sky, and all of a sudden we can look down and we can understand where we are, we can understand what's going on. I heard it said like this, true perspective is the ability to perceive how things are uh, interrelated and then judge their comparative importance. So in other words, just being able to see things from a little bit different perspective, it changes the way that we can, we can live our lives. There's something about lifting off the ground and raising above the clouds. We begin to see that our problems are minuscule in comparison to God's greatness. We often spend our prayer time reminding God of how big our problems are instead of reminding our problems of how big our God is. Yeah. And for believers, what we need to understand is that it means seeing life from God's point of view. In Bible words, we see that spelled out as understanding or wisdom or discernment, all have to do with perspective. 
The opposite of perspective is hardness of heart or blinded or dullness. In Psalm chapter 103, verse 7, it says this, um, He, God, made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Now, that's a verse that you may have read and you might not think much about it. But as we look at it and we begin to actually understand what's being said there is the people of Israel got to see what God did, but Moses got to understand why God did it. That's different, right? Like for us as believers, it's one thing to see what God has done, but it's another thing to be so close to God that, we, that he shares with us why he did it. This is the difference between knowledge and perspective. Knowledge is learning what God has said and done, and perspective is under, understanding why. Perspective answers the why question in your life. The Bible says that unbelievers have no spiritual perspective. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So as we look at this, what we need to understand is our relationship with God is the vehicle that brings us to a, a perspective that is higher. It's getting into the airplane and understanding that that's how we get above the clouds. For many unbelievers, they can try in many ways to get to a place where their perspective changes, but without the vehicle of, of God's understanding in your life, you'll never get to a place where you're above the clouds. Relationship with God and spiritual maturity is the vehicle that lifts your perspective above the clouds. Perspective comes with spiritual maturity. People who walk around and allow every little thing to become a huge ordeal lack spiritual maturity and they don't put things into perspective. As believers, let me just say this, don't get me wrong, because we all have times, we have seasons where we walk through things that are legitimately hard. I'm not diminishing. If, you, if you're in the season right now where you're walking through something that's really difficult, I'm not diminishing that. But what I am saying to you is, even though it's hard, can you as a believer begin to understand the goodness of the God that you serve and the reality that he sees you and he loves you and he has plans and dreams and desires for you? So if you'll put yourself into a position where you'll trust him, even in the middle of your storm, he will always lift you above it. Amen. And some of you right now, you're like, man, I got zero visibility where I'm at. I can't see anything. I can't see how God could ever get me to the other side of this. It feels like everywhere I go, it's cloudy. Everything I do feels like it's, a, it's turbulence. It's a storm. And I get that. And I believe there's the reality to that. But it's what do you do in the middle of that? Do you allow him to keep lifting you until you get above it? Or do you just stay stuck? God does not want you stuck. He's calling you above the storm. He's bringing you to a new place of new understanding. Lack of perspective is the mark of spiritual immaturity. 
We, if you're, if you're sitting in this room and you've accepted Jesus into your life, there are so many steps that are so important for you to take as far as your faith journey. We talked last week about baptism and we talked about, we've talked about getting into having a prayer life and studying the word and all of those things. And as you begin to mature in Christ, you should be able to get to a place where you can, even in the middle of a storm, go, listen, I know God, you can see all things. And God, I believe that I've placed myself in your hands. And because of that, I'm going to believe that you're going to bring me through this storm. And I'm going to get to the other side of it. And God, you will be there with me. You will never leave me. You will never forsake me. Because you love me and you have dreams and plans and desires for me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this. But for right now, friends, I completely, I'm comple- completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and with God. You're acting like infants in relation to Christ, capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Well then, I'll I'll nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything more. As long as you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important, are you really much different than a babe at the breast, content, only when everything's going your way. There's a few other verses that I put up there that if you wanted to look those up afterwards, you can do that. But this is an important point because as we look at this scripture, we see that Paul is just saying, listen guys, you, if you're gonna live your life to where it's all about what makes you happy and, and how you can be content all the time, then you're no different than a baby. But for us as believers, what we got to understand is that there are things that God will walk you through. He'll bring you through something so that you can learn and grow and become who he needs you to become. And so even in the middle of that, what we got to understand, if every time I got into an airplane and we began to go up in the air, and actually not even me, let's say Jace as he's a pilot. Come on, Jace. If every time Jace got into a plane and he started to go down that runway and there was, there was a layer of, cl- of clouds, he said, listen, I don't want to spend any time in the clouds, so I'll just stay underneath them. You'd probably get in trouble if you did that, right? I mean, if they were a pretty low cover of clouds, right? Yeah. You can't do that. You have to understand that on the other side of the clouds, there is, there's a breakthrough, and for some of you, you need to hear that because you're, you, you've, you've climbed to a place where it is cloudy and it's hard and you're struggling. But what you need to understand is it's just on the other side of that that there's a breakthrough. The turbulence slows down. Things begin to change. It looks different. Perspective now, all of a sudden, you begin to see, oh, that's where I'm at. God's reoccurring complaint about the nation of Israel was they lacked perspective. Many of the prophets, in fact, rebuked them for this weakness. In Isaiah chapter 44, we see such stupidity and, er and ignorance. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect why it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and to use to bake my bread and my meat. How can the rest of it be a God? Should I bow down and worship a piece of wood? The poor deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something that, he can't, that can't help him at all. 
Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? There's a few more verses there that if you want to look those up, you can as well. God is continually saying to the children of Israel, change your perspective. See the world through my eyes. See your situation through my eyes. Because all of a sudden, if we can do that, then guess what? Now, even when it's hard, we go, okay, it's going to be fine. Okay, God, show me what you need to show me. Okay, God, teach me what I need to learn. I'm not going to get mad and angry and throw a fit. Instead, I'm going to go, okay, God, I want to be spiritually mature. So to be spiritually mature, I can understand that sometimes life is going to be hard. And when it's hard, I'm going to trust you more. When it doesn't make sense, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to believe you and I'm going to take you at your word because this book is full of promises that are for me. In contrast, having a perspective, uh, having, having perspective is evidence of spiritual maturity and our ability to recognize the difference between right and wrong. If travel uh, was all clouds, Shannon would never travel with me. She would want to drive to Hawaii if we were going. I know, I know. Geometry doesn't allow, allow for that. Oh, I mean geography. <laughs> Actually, this is in my notes. Say geometry instead of geography. Now, I know that there's some spelling nerds in the house, so that was in my notes as well. You're paying attention though now, aren't you? Some of you, it was so funny to watch you because you're like, oh, we got him now. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll mess up some other way that I didn't put in my notes. Don't worry about it. You still got opportunity. Um, we must choose how we see life. Faith puts us into a position where our loving father is in control. He sees all, he knows all. Our trust and our hope is in him alone. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, there's most likely going to be turbulence along the way. Amen. I get onto a flight and, I, you know, it's, yeah, there's some amount of like just trust that you're putting in to the person that's sitting up in that cockpit. And they'll get on that radio and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, we're just about to uh, take off. But I want you to know that it's going to be a little bumpy on our way out of Missoula. It's always bumpy on the way out of Missoula. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> If you don't know that, just plan on it because it's going to be most likely. And so you, you, you sit there and, and you can, I can worry about it or I can go, listen, this guy's trained. This woman up here is trained. She knows what she, whoever, they know what they're doing and, and they do it all the time. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Put on my seatbelt, look out the window, take a few pictures, whatever. And then, and then we go and I got to just trust, Right. If I worry, it doesn't change anything. Like sitting and being upset about it and freaking out, that doesn't actually make anything better. In fact, it makes it worse for everybody around you, right? But for us, what we need to understand is if we're gonna really put our faith and our hope and our trust in this God that we say that we serve, 
And we really do believe that he is the one that's in control, that, that there's nothing that slips by him. He doesn't accidentally fall asleep at the wheel. And he knows you and he loves you and he sees you and he has plans for you. Then all of a sudden when, when hard times come, our perspective can change. And we can begin to go, God, I, I'm trusting you in this. Now, sometimes we find ourselves in a bad situation because we've made some bad decisions. But can I tell you that the, the same God still loves you? And the Bible says that he'll make your path straight. How? You trust him. Like, you can, you can be in the room today and maybe you've, you've been serving God at one point and you've walked away or... Maybe this week you found yourself doing some stupid stuff that you shouldn't have been doing. And now it's caused some problems for you. But in that moment to just say, God, I've messed up and I, I've made mistakes and I've done some bad stuff, but Lord, I, I wanna follow you and I wanna trust in you again. And I, wanna, I, want, I want you to step into my story and I want you to do what only you can do. Then the Bible says that he'll make your path straight. I love that verse because it, it isn't saying you gotta, you gotta backtrack and go fix it all and then maybe he'll accept you. It's in that moment he steps in. And for some of you, you need to hear that today because if you'll do that, then you can go through the turbulence and go, God, I've, I've fully put you in control. Now, if, if I'm climbing in Missoula out at the airport and, I, and we're, we're taking off and I go into the, I go knock on the cockpit, which they don't like that, by the way, you, you shouldn't probably do that. But if you go and you knock on the cockpit and you go, hey, I'm kind of not a big fan of the way you're doing that, so let me take over. You don't know I can't fly. Why are you all laughing like that? All right, I can't, so it's fine. But I go into the cockpit and I just decide, hey, I think I can do it better that's going to end, not end well for anybody on that plane, right? But we do that all the time with God. We go, God, I trust you except when, oh, God, it's a little bit bumpy, so I think I can do it better. We got to trust him. Amen. Sit back. Put your seatbelt on. Make sure you're not leaning back. Put your, put your seat up and say, God, I'm trusting you. And it's bumpy sometimes, but I'm gonna still trust you. There will be turbulence along the way, but we have to trust the pilot. We often put our frailty and our lack of knowledge on God. We live our lives as if he is feeling his way through this just like we are. We need to realize that not only can he see the big picture, he created the big picture. So today my challenge to you is to begin to live your life seeking spiritual maturity. And the way that we do that is whenever we start freaking out about what's going on in our world, we say, God, I trust you. God, I know that you've got this. God, none of this is a surprise to you. He isn't surprised by any of it. He knows it. He's known it from the beginning of time. So if we believe that we are children of the Most High King, that he loves you, that he sees you, 
then just put on your seatbelt as you go through the turbulence and say, God, you're in control. And I know that this plane is not going to crash. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me for the next few moments. We're going to close in just a few moments with just a little bit of a time of worship. But I wonder if there's anybody in the house this evening that would be honest with me and say, you know, Jason, I, I haven't, I have not made the decision to follow Jesus. I have not given up control to him. Maybe you have firmly been behind the wheel and you feel like you, you are in a place right now where you need to understand that in order for you to make sure that you will be fine through the turbulence of your life, you've got to make sure that the right, that God is behind the wheel, that he's the one that's in control. So if you're in the room today and whether you're watching online, you can participate in this part as well. But I wonder how many today would just say, Jason, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. This isn't about religion. It's not about joining the church. We're not membership at this church. It's literally about relationship. It's about saying yes to him because God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die on a cross just for you. And out of that great love for you, he says, all you have to do is say yes, believe me. Choose to follow me. And if you do that, your sins are forgiven and you start a journey with Jesus Christ. So is there anybody in the room right now that you would just be honest with me and just say, Jason, I, I wanna pray that prayer with you before you leave. I'm not gonna have you come forward. I just wanna pray with you before we leave this evening. Is there anybody like that at all that you just put your hand up and we can pray this prayer in just a moment? Would you do that right now? Just lift up your hand and catch my eye. I wanna pray with you before we go. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I see you back there, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your honesty back there. Yeah, thank you for your honesty. Take one more moment. Is there anybody else that would just say, Jason, will you remember me in this closing prayer? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Tonight, I wanna to just take a moment right now and I'm gonna ask everybody, whether you pray, whether you raise your hand or you didn't, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. We must have had about seven people lift up their hands tonight saying they wanna become followers of Jesus Christ. So we're gonna pray this prayer together and the thing that's amazing about it, if you're new to, to church or you're new to River and you've never heard us do this before, God loves you so much that he said, listen, I, I'm gonna, step into, your, into the story of mankind and I'm gonna send my son and he's gonna die on a cross and out of that comes forgiveness of sins. And all we have to do is say yes to him and make this decision that we're gonna put our life in his hands. That's incredible because I don't know about you but I've done a lot of nonsense in my life and in this moment here when you pray this prayer, the Bible says that God separates your sin from you. It's no longer associated with you. 
So let's pray this prayer together. Would you just join with me right now and just repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for your grace. I'm so grateful that you're merciful. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to follow you from this day forward. God, change my perspective. Help me to see things the way you do. Help me to be who you've asked me to be and help me to do what you're asking me to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, if you prayed that prayer, can I just tell you, first of all, how proud I am of you. I know that sometimes you sit in a room like this and it's tough to, to raise your hand and wonder what people are gonna think, but can I tell you that all of us in this room, we're church family now and we're proud of you. We're excited for you because there's no better decision. That's right, give them a round of applause. There's no better decision that you could ever make than to say yes to Jesus Christ. For those of you who've been in the church for some time, I'm gonna just challenge you as we sing this last worship song together, would you just take a moment and say, God, how is my perspective not right? In what areas have I allowed worry and doubt to come in? God, help me to hand those things to you and to trust you with all that I am. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He wants you to be an overcomer. He wants you to walk boldly and with confidence, knowing that he is in control. Can we worship God tonight over that? God, we're grateful for who you are. We're grateful for what you've done for us. We're thankful because, God, you love us more than we could ever imagine. And also, God, we know that you, not only can you see the big picture, you created the big picture. So our hope and our trust and our faith is in you. We worship you tonight, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.